Hello and welcome to another edition of your favourite Super Racing and Motorsport podcast. That's right, back once again for the Renegade Master. It's the Race Department podcast and it's season four, episode seven. Hello, dear listener. Hope you're well. It's been a couple of weeks since we did our uh, ep- latest episode with Daniel, the modding uh, episode, which I thoroughly enjoyed. So hello, Daniel, if you're listening. Uh, so we took one Daniel, chucked him out the back and brought in another one as a replacement. I thought it went extremely well. So, uh, right, we're back for another episode, as I said. And uh, one of the usual ones where we talk about a few topics and there's been a lot to talk about uh, for the last few weeks. So we're gonna to touch on that now, but before we move on and we hit those topics up, I've got to introduce, I'm actually here in the virtual studio with two people. So after his uh, replacement last time out, will you welcome Danny Montiero. Hello, hello, old Daniel here. It's good to be back, but yeah. Old I've... Daniel indeed. Yes, that's a good description actually, yes. How are you, my friend? I'm good. I'm recovered from COVID, so I can take part in the podcast without infecting new people. So it's good yeah, to be back. Yeah, because infections can go down the line virtually, can't they? Yeah, exactly. Proven fact, that. Yeah, proven fact. And uh, if a doctor tells you otherwise, they're lying. Nah, well, well, we haven't tried, but uh, let's <laughs> let's not try. Let's not try. So nah, but I'm, good, uh, I'm getting. I know you've been unwell, as you just mentioned. You've had. You've recently had COVID. Um, does that mean that's put a little bit of a uh, stop to your sim racing escapades? Uh, it hasn't, although my sim racing escapades have been quite far and few uh, between, but uh, yeah, the COVID didn't really stop because I wasn't doing that much already for a while, so it didn't make me do it. I did think, hmm, I'm home, let me do some sim racing, but the body was just saying no, actually. When I thought about it, like, nah, no energy, so. You still hitting the Richard Burns? Sometimes, I still do sometimes. There's nothing like going sideways, so I still do. Have you tried the new ACC content yet? Uh, no, not yet. So that's that's how much I've been <laughs> away from the racetrack. But uh, oh, wow. the rally, the rally tracks, I I still enjoy those at the moment. I gotta say, I, I we uh, I've done a few events, a couple of events now with the new content, and I uh, with um, the guys at ACCSS, ACC Sim Series, we did a multi-class monster. On Saturday, so you had the new, um, we had the new Audi. You had all the GT3s. You had 10, 10 11 GT3s. Mm-hmm. Then there were ten of the new Ferrari, ten of the new um, Lamborghini. There was ten of the new Porsche Cup, and there was ten of the really slow M2. That's R- round Spa. It was something a little bit, a little bit different. So, uh, and uh, and it rained as well. So nice. uh, that was. That was extremely. It was just an hour. It was an hour race, but at the start, I kind of got a little bit um, tagged by um, by a car, and I got down the Kemmel Straight. I got kind of pushed off the track. Managed to keep it out of the barrier at this point because it was it was start, only just started to rain, and uh, so I fell from eleventh all the way back to something like twenty fifth. But you think it'd be easy to to make those moves back, but. No, it's not because those because Lambos even, and those Ferraris are quick down the straight. <laughs> people in slow cars are still quicker than you. <laughs> are you on a GT3 or what were you driving? I was driving the GT3, but I got because yeah. I got because I got tagged and then I, yeah. I got like bumped around a little bit, kind of bullied. I fell no, it's, right it's back. Hard. And the Porsches are also quite quick on the on the especially yeah, on the, on the straight. straight. And then no, no when you when you go into sector two at Spa, that's where 
the GT3 is really coming to their own because they've got yes. more aero. Dunforce. So, uh, but I mean, that yeah. Ferrari down a straight line is ridiculous. So it would have been even more of a struggle in the uh, in the dry. Because at least I had a bit of downforce up I Rouge and Radion. Um, but then when you got into the Kemmel, you just saw them just sort of disappear. It was, it was mad, yeah. mad. Mm. Felt sorry for the M2 drivers though, because they are really slow in comparison. So. But That's life. It's all it was, part of it was good, but and and I expected carnage, and it, and it wasn't. So um, yeah, no, I thoroughly <laughs> nice. enjoyed. So not the fastest GT3, I must admit, but I still finished fifth in class, so I'll take that. Not bad, right, not bad. okay. Uh, he's waiting patiently in the wings. It's time for the Italian stallion, Davide in the Tivo. Finally, finally, just by the Oh, I've turned him down rather than the music down. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> that was a great I was, intro. I, I was waiting for all of your stories about your races and, and competition. I mean, is this the way you treat your best guest? I mean, is this the way to treat me? Your most yes. honorable guest. Most honorable guest? What, 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 would this, what would this podcast be without me, Paul? Think about it. <laughs> Shorter, for one. <laughs> oh. Shorter but less interesting. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Both valid arguments. So, you, yeah. Well, you, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. You reckon sure. we David Day this podcast more interesting? Well, yeah. I, yeah, I do. Uh huh. Okay. All right. And yeah, without it would be shorter as well. Yes. So <laughs> <laughs> How are you, David Day? I'm fine. Thank you. I'm fine. Good. How are you, Paul? Yeah, I'm good. I'm tired after a long day, um, but yeah, I'm I'm doing well. Okay, yeah, at the moment, thank you, mate. Uh, been doing much racing? Uh, yeah, the usual uh, races on the competition servers on ACC, and yeah, that's basically it for for now. Have you bought the new content? Uh, no, I haven't because uh, I race 99% of my time in the competition servers, and the right. competition servers aren't. Uh, rotating the car content they are rotating the truck content but not car so if you I, if you do would, buy it both of you if you do buy it when you take yeah. the porsche cup out what you want to do is when you get to the start finish straight mm. drive right as close to the wall as you can and listen mm. listen to the sound of that thing mm-hmm. because porsche. Mm. yeah mate honestly i we you know i think we were talk we were talking about this the other week in the podcast about how we always concentrate on a lot of the things people see is about we were talking about the graphics weren't we but acc and i know we've touched it before just has the sounds nailed down for me they just sound so good i mean ams2 i was playing a bit of that this week because they released the new f1 2022 car and as great as the game is sometimes it just lacks that sound for me and acc just takes you places it's just it yeah yeah, it's just something about it. It's hard yeah, to describe. It's true. Yeah, it's a, strong, it's a strong aspect of the game, that's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, because I noticed that, um, like, for example, if you take also, uh, you know, the, the usually um, race room and uh, ACC are, you know, dubbed as the best uh, sounding sims in the market. But I think that uh, ACC has an edge in uh, race room because uh, in race room, you don't have... Um, 
sounds coming, you know, from, uh, for example, the the cockpit, uh, you know, the inside of your own vehicle or um, sometimes also pebbles and things, you know, that go uh, under your vehicle. So um, for me, ACC is even best than uh, than race room right now. It, it is the best sounding uh, uh, sim on the market. Yeah, no, it, it is. Right. Anyway, we're not here to talk about ACC sounds, but uh, we've got a few we're topics to talk about week. Ferrari and Leclerc. So let's uh, start the topic. Go, Paul. Uh, put, put in the jingle. If he, if he, if he, if he keeps <laughs> going on, I'll just mute him. That's all, and then we'll, Daddy and I will just carry on. So, no, no, uh, imagine all, all right. of Tifosi's rage. You don't want to mute David, man. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Not, I think not every, when Ferrari every, are doing Everybody well. else listening might appreciate it. You never know. Right. So, uh, I'll tell you what, this way, I'll meet both of you and he'll just do it all by myself. Right. <laughs> okay. Good so, uh, this topic this week, we've got motorsport games, uh, there's been a bit of news around motorsport games. We're going to touch on that, but especially the fact that it looks like there may be a delayed British touring car game, or there might not be a British touring car game. So we'll, we'll talk about that. GT7, uh, Grand Turismo 7. So when that got released, there were some challenges. Servers went down for 24 hours. They changed the, the money that you get when you, when you uh, complete an event. They seem to have gone back on that now. I was talking to somebody who races in it the other day and he explained that to me. So we'll, we will touch on that. And then we're going to move on to F1. I know there are people out there that, you know, that don't necessarily are into Formula One, but we want to ask, you know, is DRS, is it still needed? Can Mercedes compete with the likes of Red Bull and Ferrari? And then we'll touch on the new truck announcements and also the rumours again that Audi and Porsche may be joining Formula One. And then uh, came out of the blue, Ren Sport, a new sim racing game to be a closed beta this summer has been revealed just a few short days ago. And then we'll touch on some worthy mentions towards the end of the podcast. Right, are you both ready? Yeah, ready. Okay, let's move on to topic number one. Okay, guys, so Motorsport Games, as we know, we're spending the cash. They bought out a few studios, the guys behind Craft, uh, Craft even. I was about to say Craft Works. Like a, like that's a that's a, a, a group of in the 80s that my dad listened to. Um, and obviously the guys at Studio 397 behind R Factor 2 have shown a lot, a lot of promise. People were very excited about nascar heat or nascar ignition sorry but things haven't gone um so well for them have they danny and uh and a recent video came out on on youtube basically saying looks like these guys might be in a little bit of bother yeah it's uh to be honest it's one of those things like when this motorsport games appeared out of the blue one day and started buying all the studios all the licenses for all the games in a way, and especially since nobody really had heard of them before, it all sounds a bit fishy, to be honest. But there's always good faith and good hope that uh, it's actually some, there's good intentions behind this. So of course, everybody was expecting these games to happen, but now that more stuff is coming into the light, yeah, it's a lot of questions are being raised and uh, the prospect answers for those are not really, uh, yeah, the ones we, we wished to read or hear. Yeah, so um, David, they, it's it's a bit of a strange position that I think motorsport games find themselves in. 
some people have kind of accused them of being scam artists in, in, in a way, I guess. Um, obviously, that's not what we're accusing them of, of being, but so much potential and it seems to be falling apart at the seams. Yeah, because they started, you know, with uh, with all of these investments, as you were saying, and uh, uh, buying the right studios, we could say, uh, to produce some um, great themes, potentially produce great themes. And also, you know, involving people like uh, Alonso and other drivers, you know, as uh, uh, for counseling and uh, advice during uh, production. But nothing really came out of it. The only title was the latest NASCAR title, and that was uh, <laughs> pretty much a scandal for how bad it was. And, uh, and also the politics that went uh, behind that game, because if you remember, even though it was full of bugs and problems, it was something like uh, two weeks later, three weeks later, that they pushed the first DLC out <laughs> while the bugs still needed to be squashed. So, um, yeah, it's, a, it's an awkward situation because uh, they started strong and then, you know, uh, you can't really put your finger on what's happened after or what, what, which is their plan. What is their plan? Sorry. I think I think their plan might have been to try and take over the market, but I mean, D Danny Davide just said that they started strong, but I don't know if I agree with that statement. Really, I think the writing's always been on the wall. I think it's based on their previous, even prior to NASCAR Twenty One Ignition, right? There's, I think we were all a little bit hesitant, including ourselves. I think they started well. I, I can agree with Davide with that with that they started strong at least. Strongly, at least financially, because from a marketing had, perspective yeah, as well, I guess as yes. well, right? And they, yeah, and it's like uh, how well, it's a good marketing shot, or uh, like, yeah, they're just like they want to be called motorsport games, like a key, the two keywords, motorsport and games. games. It's gonna yeah. attract, yeah. of course, a lot of people that like motorsport and people that like motorsport games themselves. Uh, so it was. It was a clever start, and I guess I don't know. Of course, we don't really need to know where the money comes from. But suddenly, they had they came in with a bank, yeah. But um, that's that's what it was. It was mostly acquiring studios, but we, of course, we don't really know what's happening. Not behind, not just studios, though, is it though, Daddy? It, yeah. It's licenses as well, because you got yes. NASCAR license, IndyCar, WEC, um, and British touring cars. And from what I've read, and I've. Uh, I did not check all the sources, but from, from one of the sources I checked, the BTCC license was a bit under one million pounds, which is, to me, uh, again, it's a number, but it, it is quite a bit of money for a studio that nobody has heard of to just suddenly just wash out to buy a to buy a license. And then when you think they bought three or four licenses that might have had similar uh, ranges of, of value. Yeah, it's, um, it's a lot happening at once. And of course, people say, oh, okay, Something's good going to happen, but we don't really know what's happening behind the scenes. And as we've seen with the NASCAR game, uh, yeah, it's it uh, overpromised and underdelivered, I guess. And uh, of course, everybody now is a bit skeptical and afraid of what's coming next. Yeah. So David, you'll probably remember the name of the the YouTuber that um, that came out with the video. I did watch it. I've apologies. I've I've forgotten their name, but they made a really good point on that video. I think it was along the lines of. 
you know, the two games, or particularly R Factor 2, that they refer to a lot as a motorsport games game, technically was developed, you know, prior, it, it, it's already there, you know, like, minus a few, you know, the UI has obviously come up, come uh, in on leaps and bounds since motorsport games made the acquisition. And of course, there's new DLC as well that comes with that. And you can also say the same for, for Cartcraft. Whilst the game went into final full release, because it, it was in early release for a long time on Steam, I think about four or five years. And let's be honest, I mean, it probably was about 0.8, version 0.8, 0.9 before they pushed the button and released version one. So. Again, you know, they can't really take too much kudos for those games, but they obviously clearly are, and it's a bit of a marketing ploy. Well, yeah, we could say that is. I think the YouTuber you're referring to is Austin Ogonoski. If yeah, that's it. Thank you. I, if, I wouldn't even be able to pronounce that, correct. even if I tried anyway. So I, I, I'm not sure if the pronunciation is correct. <laughs> Probably Apologies better than mine. So I'll sound to, like I was sneezing. So, from memory, so, he's Canadian, I think, so and either of the pronunciations is good. Okay. Thank you, and, Daddy. Um, yeah, uh, they are trying to sell, uh, you know, Air Factor 2 and Cardcraft as their own products, while, uh, you know, Air Factor 2 has a pretty complex history, you know, having been born under ISI and then uh, acquired from Studio 397. So, it was ex existing uh, <laughs> uh, long before uh, this arrangement. Uh, and also Cardcraft, I mean, yeah, when they have bought the title soon after the game released in uh, full state and got out of uh, early access. But I mean, uh, it was just uh, a number on the screen. I mean, a 1.0 instead of a 0.8 or 0.9 because if I'm not mistaken, when the full version of Cardcraft was released, it was basically just the same as always with some new content in. So it could be that they wanted to push, you know, the the, the, the game to be technically, you know, technically speaking, in a full uh, 1.0 release version. But uh, also that seemed like... Uh, uh, nothing more than a commercial move or a marketing move. And uh, yeah, they, they're basically, you know, even when they're speaking to their investors, not, not only to the sim racer, but to their investors, they are pushing these two products because, uh, of course, they are all they have because the only other title is the NASCAR title we were referring to before, and that is not a good car to play when you're talking to investors, I believe. I mean, I, I've never been involved in uh, in a situation like that, but uh, I would think that uh, having that kind of product uh, is not good for, uh, <laughs> for, for your public image, I suppose. No, no. Um, I mean, what's really quite... Stark, in, Stark is when you look at their share price. I mean, it was it was around twenty three pounds back uh, around about a year ago, and it closed today at around about one pound twenty five. Yeah, and that's uh, uh, you know that's uh, surprising uh, in sim racing terms, uh, in, in a way. I mean, uh, because 
In these last two years, uh, all of the other companies involved in sim racing have grown and have grown a lot because of the esports and all that, and all yeah. those things. So to have this kind of uh, you know inverse is that the right word uh, uh, pattern compared to the others? It's uh, it's worrying to say the least because I mean all of your other competitors have grown, each and every one of them. And you are the only one, uh, not only to not have grown, but to have uh, uh, lost value. So that's really, really worrying. I mean, uh, speaking, you know, of course, from the perspective of a, of a simpleton, so to speak. <laughs> well, yeah, that's a good description of yourself there, Davide. Um, <laughs> uh, but I'll tell you what's quite interesting is that between the months of April and September, Danny, the, the stock price did fall uh, a little bit, but prior to um, NASCAR Ignition being released, it was still around about 10, 11 pounds. Um, and then it around about from November onwards, it really declined. And the release date for NASCAR 21 Ignition was at the end of October. Well, one plus one. You yeah. just said it, basically. I mean, there's clearly it's, uh, a correlation there. I mean, it, was, it was an unknown, like, until the first proper yeah. release under motorsport games, it was still an unknown. And of course, it had when we already started going down. And uh, yeah, like like you mentioned, uh, like you both already mentioned, it's, um, I mean, R-Factor 2 is 2.397's game, which was already ISI's game anyway, and Carcraft as well. So it was not really a motorsport games uh, house game. So the NASCAR one was the one that was fully, I mean, it, that was the, f the first brand new game that was made under their umbrella name. So. I, of course, it had a big impact on their shares, and when they saw, because it was basically here's the first game that uh, this company has made or has like signed for, and when it was, if it, because I think if it had been really a great success, uh, I wouldn't be surprised if the share price had gone up. So, I think uh, maybe they their mistake was to have released the NASCAR game the way it was and not really. Uh, catch up so quickly to get it fixed uh, right away. But they, but they set themselves a really short timeline. I mean, I remember when they made the announcement and the announcement to the release date was short. And I think we commented on that. Yeah, I think the... And then again, this again might be something, well, having worked for, for like a big companies before, this can maybe be a factor when you have really big investors with uh, with big pressure in when it comes to like financial returns and the uh, turnovers shareholders uh, yeah shareholders yeah, right, want, yeah. basically want their yeah want their investment to back don't they so yeah when there's this pressure and you put deadlines and of course you might want to say well push deadlines forward or just try to please the investors with your uh, like quarterly meetings about uh, your financial status but at the end of the day if the product is not there it's not there and uh, yeah. no fancy meeting is going to make the situation change. So um, there might have been some pressure from that side, or uh, I don't know. But yeah, it seemed yeah, almost a bit too good to be true. You're right. I mean, we don't, we don't know, do we? And we're, and we're, at the end of the day, we are, we are guessing what has or what hasn't, hasn't, hasn't happened. I guess, you know, when you are an investor, you invest because you want to make money, right? And that is, and let's be honest, I mean, as, as all gamers, whether you're a sim racer or you're a platform gamer or you play an RPG or an MMO, whatever the game is, it's made to bring enjoyment, but at the end of the day, it's about making money. And 
I I think the pressures to make money, but also you you know it's a fine line between getting the game out in a certain amount of time as scheduled versus getting a product out that's actually any good. And we've seen with lots of games, we t- I think we've, we've referred to Cyberpunk before, that, you know, was a game that was released in a state that, let's be honest, should not have been released in that state. NASCAR Ignition is another one of those games that shouldn't have been released in that state. Um, and, you know, as well, as we mentioned, they've got the license for NASCAR in Nikar Weck and British Touring Cars. And originally, the British Touring Car game was touted for a 2022 release, which still is relatively quick. And, and obviously people held on, and even with the NASCAR game, people held on to this thing, ah, oh, you know, R-Factor 2 physics, R-Factor 2 physics. And and it, and it well, it, it obviously hasn't materialized. In, but the British Touring Car game schedule is now listed to be determined. David, Day, do you think this game will ever make it to our digital shelves? Uh, I, I honestly can't tell. I know that uh, that might sound, you know, as a boring answer, but uh, at this point in time, we really cannot, I think, from my point of view, we really cannot predict uh, uh, this kind of situation. What, what can I say is that um, if these sims uh, do not land at any point on, uh, on you know, on the shelves of the uh, of, of us sim racers and also of the stores, it will be it will be pretty sad because um, you know one thing about these titles from motorsport games is that they were titles that we wanted because they were uh, um, focusing on some uh, categories of the motorsport that uh, aren't covered or at least not in a full state from any sim and haven't been for uh, decades uh, in some cases. Mm. So they had uh, the opportunity, you know, to uh, to produce some very good content uh, and, you know, and also p- potentially make a lot of money because, mm, as I've said, uh, there are titles like, for example, a good IndyCar game that has been absent for uh, more than 20 years. So. A, a very good sim racing title about uh, IndyCar would have sold uh, uh, incredibly well, at, le- at least I think. Yeah, yeah. And um, what what is interesting is on is on the slides which were right which were rightly pointed out, Danny, is that the British Touring Car game isn't even on the the game product roadmap. It's just a little footnote down the bottom now, but. I'm it's guessing what, what what they might what I mean. No offense to British touring cars, it's it's very UK focused. It it is a small gaming market, I think, in the grand scheme of things. So maybe they move that to one side and go, and you know what? Let's let's pick on the two brands which have got a a, a big a bigger following. And and let's be honest, indie cars on a bit of an up curve at the moment. I personally have tried watching NASCAR recently. And I couldn't get on with it. I didn't even know there were stages in it until I watched the the Bubba Wallace documentary on Netflix, which I highly recommend everybody to go and watch. By the way, um, I, I mean I played NASCAR games during the back of the day, but I honestly I had no idea what I was doing. I was just driving around in circles. Um, <laughs> but I, is that? Do you, I mean, let's be, let's just take a step back from everything, the shenanigans, the share price, and everything else, and, and we'll talk about Stephen Hood in a, in a moment. Maybe they're like, you know what? Our strategy, we need to get the big 
the big brands out there. And I mean, it hasn't it hasn't gone particularly well for NASCAR so far. Can, can they get it right with 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 IndyCar? And, and can they? Can they? Can they? Can they get it right? Uh, we all wish they do, but we don't really know. And I mean, like you mentioned, the BTCC not even being on the roadmap anymore. Uh, we don't know if it's the BTCC pulling out or them thinking that they need to replan because, they, like you said, the audience doesn't give a good enough return on the investment. Mm-hmm. I mean, the BTCC, it's still a great championship, but it's not what it was. Like, we all look at it with roasted glasses. And I mean, yes. the good age of BTCC where a lot of really good professional the drivers from many countries were driving, those days are gone. It's pretty much a British championship with only British drivers these days, and it doesn't have the international appeal that it used to have. So yeah. this this might be one of the factors where they realize, okay, it's there's good hype, but the market is uh, quite small. Uh, because even the World Touring Car Cups, like the TCR things, it's a big championship, but it's not the most widespread. And outside of Europe, uh, touring cars are, and maybe South America a little bit, it's not a big formula, like GT3s are much bigger, formulas are much bigger, and I think IndyCar, out of those that they have at the moment, has the biggest chance, because it's uh, a more down-to-earth formula type of championship, and uh, from my my point of view, that's the one that they maybe should focus more on, because they would tap on the American market big time, and I mean, there's also some following in Europe, because the WEC is very, it's very nice with endurance and multi-class, but it's also very complex, and um, in a way, Again, it's, it's hard a, to get into. It's, it's got to have a bigger, a bigger orders of the British touring cars, but it's pretty specialized. Yeah, I it's feel. very specialized. Yeah, it's yeah. Compli- like as a as a motorsport fan, it's a bit complicated to get into watching endurance racing because there's the different. Like I, even I remember when I okay, oh, there's two types of GT classes. Well, what? Do, so it's yeah, quite GTE, complicated. GTE Pro, and then they go, then yes. they go and change the names on you, and you're like, oh, yeah. no, I've, so, just, yeah. I've, so I've just, I've just got to understanding this, and now you've gone <laughs> and change the name. confused yeah. me again. Why have you done yeah. this? Yeah, that's why I think IndyCar would be the easiest one to grab uh, the audience. Uh, yeah. the quickest, I think. Yeah. And, and 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 you know and and the IndyCar licensing will bring the latest cars to to whatever game they come out with, but I mean you know AMS two does a very good job with IndyCar from the nineties, and and that that's kind of competition and they got they've got to match that if not now actually they've got to better that and that's going to be hard. Yeah, and the thing is that let's say they make somehow a really cool uh, IndyCar. Uh, and they they have a game for it with all the new tracks and all the bells and whistles and it looks great. Uh, the thing is, there needs to be a, a player base for it. And if AMS at the moment has indie cars and uh, the player base is not that huge, and even if there's some indie cars in iRacing that people use, but uh, maybe they're happy to just use iRacing because of the investment they've made and they want to stick to it. Even if they make a great product, uh, if the player base, which in sim racing, as we know, is already quite sh- small, mm-hmm. if they don't move over, even if the game is great by all standards, it might take a while for it to start getting a following. I mean, even ACC took a while to get a good player base, which it has had uh, over time, but had to be. It took like a bit over a year since the beginning of their release. Yeah, to but that's because get they the... did early release, and it, let's be honest, it wasn't. It wasn't great at first, was it? I mean, I no. gave it a I gave it a wide berth for the first six months. I refunded it. Yeah, see, <laughs> <laughs> see, look how silly uh, you look now. Yeah. Anyway, anyway, guys, I, I do not agree with you on this uh, on, on this discussion about um, the IndyCar title because 
we have the example with the F1 games. I mean, the F1 games from Codemasters, they are not, uh, I mean, perfect spot on uh, games. Which game game is that? Exactly, but uh, you know, we all know that uh, there are better simulated F1 cars uh, in uh, AC or even uh, in AMS uh, 1 and 2 and uh, other titles too. I mean, even iRacing has uh, F1 cars and, and so on. So we all know that there are sim racing titles with better sim, uh, simulated F1 cars, but still uh, much of the people buy the F1, uh, the, the F1 title, titles from Codemasters because they have... Um, also, but also because the F1... No, it's consoles. Can I finish, please? <laughs> yeah, but because, you're wrong, but go on, yeah. No, I think that uh, it's not just a problem, uh, you know, of uh, all of the fact that the F1 titles uh, also are available on consoles. I think that uh, what sells the F1 games for, from Codemaster, Codemaster, sorry, is the fact that uh, you have all of the cars... Uh, Probably um, all the teams, all the drivers, all the tracks. Modeled, yes, Uh, because for example, in AC you have just one car on which you apply different liveries. So instead, in the F1 games, you have. But that's what makes ACC so good, right? Is that it's the championship. True, yeah, and that's exactly the point. I mean, of course, you cannot uh, compare the sales from ACC with F1, uh, the F1 games from Codemasters, because um, F1 is um, way bigger sport than mm-hmm. the SRO series. As is, should it be though? Um, should it? When you think about it, when I you think about when you I think th- about the ra- when you think about the racing, should it? Yeah. Yeah, you're trying to poke me <laughs> to distract me from my, from expressing my uh, my opinion. I know what you're trying to do. <laughs> no, I'm just forward. I'm just throwing in a curveball there, and the fact that somebody said this the other day to me, you know, on the grand scheme of things, the racing in you know, if you look at the racing at Imola in the mm. um, in the SRO GT World Challenge stuff, you know, like it, the racing's far superior than. The Formula One. I mean, you get why Formula One is so loved. It's because it's the fastest. It's supposed to be the pinnacle. But really, is it the pinnacle? Uh, is it? You know. I, anyway, that's another debate we can have another time, I guess. But um, but yeah. Yeah. No. Then about the IndyCar title. I mean, um, even if it won't be, you know, a perfect spot on simulation, if it does what the F1 games from Codemasters uh, do. Yeah. Uh, it will sell. Pre- uh, it will sell pretty well. Even you know, uh, if the simulation of these cars will be better, for example, in AMS2 or in iRacing, uh, it will sell uh, nonetheless because uh, you have the full championship with a decent uh, simulation of the. It's physics. got look. The game's got to be accessible, right? And that's and that's what people have got to remember. I I bought F1 2021 the other day because it was cheap as chips, right? And the new one's yeah. coming out in a few months. So I was like, come on. And, and you know what? Yeah, it feels a bit arcadey, but I tell you what, I, you forget how fast those cars are. Um, and and, it, and it, is it for me? Probably probably not. Do I, do I have fun when I'm racing it? Yeah, I think I do. But I just want to race. I don't... Don't need all the other gubbins in it. Um, right, okay. Just one other thing we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna mention here. I'm conscious of the time, and I want to move on. Um, 
Uh, Motorsport Games president Stephen Hood, Danny, has left the company. Uh, but that was back in January before the recent um, earnings call uh, came up where, uh, you know, a lot of the news broke on this and people started paying attention to their share price, which was around about nine, ten days ago. Um, it shows you that things aren't quite rosy, which, you know, is a confirmation that I think we know we know this, right? Well, it might just be that there's just a either that this that Stephen Hood wanted to do something different or mm-hmm. just go new venture, or just that their philosophy within the company, uh, like the decision makers, just wasn't aligned and they just had to part ways. I mean, we even saw that that uh, in Kunos, one of the creators, Stefano Casilio, also at some point uh, decided to go and do something else while ICC was being developed. So. To me, this doesn't really, this doesn't look to me like something stirring because yeah. I, I don't know the development uh, behind the closed door. So yeah, true. Yeah, I don't really know. I have true. no comment on this one. It's a very, very diplomatic answer. Um, yeah, <laughs> or maybe of like a knowledge of what's, but yeah, I don't yeah, I no, just, I know. I yeah, I mean, it's it's a hard, no, it's a hard thing, hard thing to answer. But it's it's at the end at the end of the day, there's there's clearly fundamentally something not quite right here, and 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 whether. And whether it's either A, they've underestimated what they're trying to do, or B, it's someone trying to make a quick buck. We we don't know which, right? We don't know. Maybe we can, we can we can only sit here and guess. There are clearly people that do know. Maybe that that will come out in the wash at some point. I mean, Motorsport Games, I think, said on their earnings call they're looking for investment. You know, that's that looks risky to me from, you know, unless you've got billions of billions that you don't mind throwing away or millions of millions and possibly in this case. But but who knows? Time time will tell. But I guess the hype was there. And so far, they've just been not able to meet that hype. And and that's a that's a hard thing to overcome. And. And also, people's fingers have been burnt now as well. So, you know, people judge you on your past. It, yeah, I mean, obviously, we got to be careful what we say here. We don't want to. We don't want to be slanderous. We don't want to, you know, get lawyers involved and bring us in. But there's, there's, there's clearly something not right. And where that's failing, we will, we will never know. We can, we can only guess. But clearly, the share price is indicating that there is something fundamentally wrong. Um, and there are. Dozens and dozens of opinions on this, um, and you know, if it if it was if it was a cyberpunk or you know or, or, or a studio behind a game like cyber, it would be all over the headlines, you know. But if it was EA, for instance, you know, people would be going nuts. But because it's just a motorsport game and it's just sim racing, no one's really giving it possibly the attention that it and the focus that it really deserves. But um, time will tell whether. You know, things will turn around, I guess. Yeah, right. Well, okay. Gordon, were you going to say something? Yeah, we'll just have to be patient and see how it develops, basically. That's, yeah. That's what but you do. know, sim races aren't, aren't patient, are we? No, no. Spoiled. <laughs> Actually, patient. most people aren't patient anymore. But anyway, that's mm. a that's another that's another type of podcast. Yes. <laughs> right. Okay. Right. So that's motorsport games and British Tour Car Championship game talked about uh, for quite a while, actually. Anyway, topic number two. So, David A, Gran Turismo 7 was released 
uh, not long ago. And not long after it was released, the servers went down for approximately 24 hours while they did some maintenance. The maintenance took a little bit longer uh, than expected. But when players came back online, Danny, they discovered that their winnings for certain games or, or races and things. Someone was telling me the other day that, you know, now you can get uh, some, there was some race you could do at, at Nordschleifer um, and you now get 5 million credits at the end. Um, and there was a lot of criticism kind of chucked at the developers behind Graduate 7 and because they felt like they were trying to go for the micro transactions way of things and i think sadly a lot of games have moved towards that kind of method because you know as i touched on at the beginning of the podcast it you know these games are here for our enjoyment but they're also a business and um, it's a fine balance isn't it and and i feel that they have realized they've made a huge mistake here yeah because i think if you look at games like the the football games and stuff that have a huge well i mean gran turismo is big but football games and the like they have fifa a much, yeah, yeah yeah fifa and so on From they the have a lot a, more yeah. a lot more sales and a lot more customers so they can afford to just like boom let's do some microtransaction business and uh, nobody's obliged to do it whoever wants to play just a football game they can just do football game and that's it but they know that some people will be spending a lot of money on these extra things on the game and of course, I, I can understand that a big developer uh, like Polyphony, I mean, it's, there's Sony behind it. They have, if, they, if there is some money to be made and they have the choice to either make it or not make it, it's a bit of a no-brainer. Of course they make it and they don't have to force anybody to transact extra other than the base uh, game price. But of course, when you start changing the dynamics for the people, for, for everyone, making, it, making you almost like uh, hampered by this uh, addition and almost like making you have to go and do some transactions to have the game as it was before. Yeah, then they realized that it was um, it was a bad move. And I, from what I heard, they reverted back to, like at least some of the rewards, uh, they reverted back to uh, like close to the original um, rewards so that people wouldn't have to do, yeah, I don't know, 100 races just to be able to purchase uh, I don't know, a, a Ford Fiesta or something, I don't know. Uh, but yeah, uh, basically, yes. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Okay. That was a bit of an exaggeration, <laughs> but uh, yeah, you, you know what I mean. It's um, because many of us enjoy the cars, and I, I like. I've seen some people posting on the on the race department uh, like thread about it. Uh, other people just also like enjoying the pictures of the car, like viewing the cars on some settings, or just enjoying the music. Because Gran Turismo is more than just driving cars or racing yeah. cars, and um, so if it suddenly becomes a much more difficult experience for all users, then of course the whole user base will be annoyed and the backlash will be felt. So they, yeah, at least they were quick to re, re to respond to to their first change, which was which was good, I think. I guess you know, for for once, David Day. I mean, we 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 referred to consoles when we talked about motorsport games just a moment ago, and. And let's be honest, Grandchus were seven with all the PlayStations out there, and it's not just available on the PlayStation 5, but it's also play available on the PlayStation 4. Um, and according to reports, the, the loading times of the PlayStation 4 are quite substantial. But you know, the the voice the community really kind of came together on this one. And and uh Kazunori Yabakachi, I think is how you pronounce it. Uh, I might have butchered that, but they, you know, they, they, he put out a blog on the Grand Turismo, or sorry, the PlayStation blog around about Grand Turismo, and 
And at the beginning of, the, of this month, uh, which would be in April 2022, they've incre- they noted they increased the rewards in the events in the latter half of the world circuits by approximately 100% on average. Uh, addition of high rewards for clearing the circuit experience in all gold and bronze results. Increase of rewards in online races. Include a total of eight new one-hour endurance races events to missions. They will also have a high reward settings. Increase the upper limit of non-paid credits in player wallets from 20 million to 100 million credits. And increase the quantity of used and legend cards on offer at any given time. But, they, but there's there's more than that as well. And and I and, and speaking to people that have played the game, I mean, it, it I think it has alleviated a lot of the a lot of the issues. But to kind of, I don't know, like if you were playing the game and you were like, say, you got at the end of a race, you got five half a million credits, and then they did an update and that was cut to like a, a hundred thousand credits. Of course, you'd be annoyed, right? Because it's going to slow your progress down to getting those cars that you really want. <laughs> Yeah, def- definitely. Uh, the um, what they have tried to do with this new Gran Turismo title is, uh, you know, something that has um, upset a lot of people because um, Gran Turismo fans are um, used to uh, titles that have a very strong offline component that are uh, uh, that have you know a lot of different uh, cups and trophies and uh, series uh, uh, and basically uh, this does not happen with uh, with GT7 because uh, you can uh, right now uh, you can finish it in something like uh, 20 hours or so so there are where many people saying you know GT4 GT3 GT2 uh, or even GT5 took me months to finish <laughs> and uh, this new title takes only 20 hours and um, also the way you collect cars is different and that's why you had uh, this uh, um, this different set of rewards compared to um, uh, to the previous GT titles so uh, basically with, uh, from what I've understood, reading the different interviews from uh, Yamauchi and um, uh, and in general for uh, from you know the designers of, of the Gran Turismo Seven, um, while in the past with the previous GT titles uh, you were meant to collect the cars, uh, um, meaning all of the ones included in in the game. So uh, they were trying to push you to do all of the races, all of the license tests and so on in, uh, in order for you to get all of the cars that were in the game. With GT7, uh, they were trying a different approach, with, which was kind of revolutionary, but at the same time, if it failed miser- miserably. Basically, what they were trying to do was um, uh, to create um, a virtual, uh, um, how can I say it, uh, um, uh, car market in a way of classic cars in particular. So you know that in the real world, uh, if you want to buy, like for example, a Ferrari GTO, you have to spend uh, something like ten million pounds, twenty million pounds, okay, because it's a very rare car. There are only uh, 33, I think, of them, or 36. They were trying to do the same with GT7, with with virtual cars. 
uh, basically um, having a limited number of cars, especially the classic vehicles available, costing a lot of money. And at the same time, you were offered uh, very low rewards. So they were trying to, uh, I don't know if you get my point, they were trying to recreate uh, real world uh, um, dynamics into the virtual game. And of course, this, uh, this was, uh, you know, uh, an interesting approach, but it failed miserably because... It you sucked know, all the fun out of it for everybody, though, exactly, though didn't it? Exactly, exactly, yeah. because it's a game. It's a game. It's a game, Mario. Sorry. It was yeah. <laughs> yeah. Italian. So, sorry. It's a game. Yeah. Exactly. It's a game. So I want to be able to drive a Ferrari GTO. It doesn't matter to me if uh, in this kind of different approach I can own uh, a very rare car that I can sell back to another user. Uh, I mean, it becomes, um, uh, I can find, a, uh, I cannot find the right English word for it, but it all becomes, uh, you know, uh, complex and uh, uh, not, uh, it, it takes the fun out of it. Uh, because, yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it, it, it gets, um, dynamics from the real world of business uh, that, uh, you know, are fun just for a handful of people but into what, the virtual world. What they, were what they were trying to get people to do, I think, as well. And I, and I think you're right about the, the whole, you know, the whole kind of buying the cars, selling them. But also, Danny, I think they were trying to get people to buy credits. Yeah, they're, I guess they're trying to make some extra money out of it. And I guess, like you said, um, well, it is available for PS4, PS5, but uh, there's only so many games you can sell. And then once your player base has so bought the game, that's it. You're not going to make any more money. Yeah. Um, and as we've seen with GT Sport, at least, uh, they kept on releasing cars and cars and cars at no extra cost. So they just, I'm sure they saw, and especially when you look around and most other big players in the market are doing the same, trying to get uh, extra revenue with microtransactions. They just thought, okay, uh, let's put this here as well. It, it's basically time is money. If you buy a transaction that gives you game credits, you can buy your favorite cars faster. It, that's the, the basic principle. So just making, just selling money for time and uh, hoping that uh, people would, uh, would take it. But I guess the backlash was, was big enough for them to rethink it. But yeah, but Danny, because of the fact that, you know, microtransactions, uh, I think that there were some also in GT Sport, but the difference was that while in GT Sport, for example, you could buy, uh, let's take again the example of the Ferrari GTO, uh, even if I'm not sure if there was one in GT Sport, but, you know, it's just an example. You could buy, for, you could buy it, for example, if you didn't want to grind the credits in the game for five pounds, while in GT7, you, have, you had to invest an absurd amount of money. I think it was way more than 50 pounds or 100 pounds. So that was, uh, that was what, you know, set, uh, triggered people off because, uh, you know, I, we all get that microtransactions yeah, are meant, yeah, you know, mm -hmm. to cut corners. But uh, because of, of the reasons I, were, I was explaining before, you know, creating a virtual car market, uh, mm -hmm. they had to push also the... Uh, currency value of this car, uh, but to an absurd point. Yeah, the the Italian makes a good point, actually. Yeah, it, I, I mean, I get the point, and of course, and I don't, and I agree with you, and I don't agree with their initial decision. Uh, but 
and but I can also understand it because uh, otherwise, let's say all cars would have a like a set price of I don't know ten thousand credit or one hundred thousand credits, and then because I don't know some it's cars like, are millions, some some cars are millions yeah, of yeah. credits. I mean, it's you ridiculous. Have, in a way, there has to be some unicorn or something that is super. Yeah, like no, you yeah. either spend a lot of yeah. money or you spend yeah. a lot of time. It, it, yeah, it has, yeah, there yeah. has to be, otherwise the game quickly becomes boring if you can yeah. easily obtain he also, all the, the content. The, the, the Portuguese also makes a good point as well. Yeah. So, what, what does the English I have think, to say? I, I, well, <laughs> I, I, I'm kind of on the fence on this one, but does um, uh, what? Well, yeah, it, it, yeah. Um, anyway, that's another discussion. Let's go see the GP. But um, <laughs> what I want, the, the, I'm conscious again of time, and I just, um, and we could keep chewing the fat on this one but one thing one thing i wanted to highlight and i wanted your guys opinion on this is that and and is uh when the servers went down for 24 hours now obviously things happen that are unexpected and they weren't supposed to be down for that length of time but what it did mean is that even gamers couldn't play single player so should we be living in a world where even to play the single player version of said game, whatever game that is, should we have to rely on cloud servers to for that function to work? Because that just sounds wrong to me. Yeah, that I fully disagree with. And I don't know if it's because we're from, a, like, let's call it in inverted commas, older generation, but because we've been used to playing online, uh, sorry, offline single player, like we can install a game from 20 years ago and still play it when in like in 50 years from now. But uh, basically, if they decide to shut down the, the servers for GT7, we'll never be able to play it ever again. Yeah. This I disagree with. But at the same time, I don't know how much uh, content in terms, I mean, in terms of uh, uh, like, uh, like loaded space, I don't know if it's, uh, I don't know, this game has so many cards and so much, so many assets. Is it, I don't even know, is it like one terabyte? The size of the actual I, honestly, I, got, full I game. couldn't tell you. So it's, it's maybe even possible. I have down, I, I'll be honest. I, I I I have downloaded the game. I've just never played it. So like we downloaded a lot of. I mean, you have the longest. I, I think it was about 30, 40 gig, if I remember rightly. But yes, but I I wonder if that downloads the whole game or not. Because if you think about that size, like I think ACC is like what seventeen gig or twenty gig, and that's like twenty cars and fifteen tracks. Okay, not twenty cars. It's maybe not like around 40 cars, but if you think of Gran Turismo with much higher detailed cars and many more cars, uh, surely it's just a lot. It's a lot more than just 30 gigs, and you're only getting like some base, uh, like files to be able to run the game. But it's a lot of it must be loaded from the from the cloud. I presume. Like I don't think we have the whole full game installed in our consoles, and that's probably. I think that's why. Uh, full online is required because I've tried uh, playing Gran Turismo Sport at my friend's place and that's Gran Turismo Sport, the previous one. And for some reason, he couldn't connect to the internet and we had 16 cars and 10 tracks. So, I, so I, sorry, sorry to cut across you, mm -hmm. uh, but I'm just looking, I, I remembered I have, I have the PlayStation app on my phone and it talks to my console. So on the hard drive, Gran Turismo 7 is 98 gig. Oh, 98 gig, wow. Yeah. That's a lot. Yeah, it's a lot. It didn't but, down. It didn't download. Um, do you know what's really? I tell you, the hard drive of the PlayStation Five is just not big enough. I'm telling you now. Anyway, um, but yeah, I mean, I don't that's know the quite, real reason why something, they do it but, online but, only. But I, I don't agree with it. Yeah. I wish it wasn't so. 
yeah, David, I'm guessing you you agree that it you know you shouldn't have to rely on game servers in order to play the single player version, surely. Yeah, of course. I mean, the solution will be simple: that uh, you were able to play the game offline and uh, save locally, and then uh, as soon as you have connection to the cloud again, it could uh, you know upload uh, your uh, your local save, check if you have done something uh, wrong, because basically this uh, always online uh, method is a method to try and avoid piracy and other. Um, you know, um, things like uh, hacking of the game and such. So it could basically save a local copy of um, of your progress and then port it to the cloud, check if uh, everything, everything is correct and uh, go on. So, I mean, the solution, I think it will be pretty simple, but, you know. Yeah, I, 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 know, I know we're not talking about ACC, but... The last few weeks, and it, it hasn't happened now for probably about seven to ten days, but it doesn't affect the single player. But the the Kunos servers seem to become unavailable. At, at oh some, yeah, no, at I, couldn't, I couldn't race for uh, basically something like a week because every time I was connecting to the competition servers, it would uh, yeah. lose connection. So, but it, but it, affect, but it doesn't just affect those; it affects communities that have scheduled races at certain times and. Yes, should, you know, yes, the question yes. is, should we, should we be in a position, again, where we are relying on someone else's servers? And, and, and no, 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 no disrespect to Kudos, but I imagine it's a little Pentium 486DX, you know, in a white case, sat in the corner of the office, <laughs> and the no, cleaners no, come no, in and doing their no, own no, and plug no, it no, back no, in Paul, again, you know? No, uh, no, Paul, Kudos has a deal with, uh, with the Amazon Web Services, so uh, the, the servers uh, on which ACC runs... It's a joke, it's a joke, from, it was a, it was a joke. Well, I, I'm never sure with you, so I have to <laughs> I have to come in and make it clear. Oh, for people. Also, because you know, for example, you are joking, but for example, I didn't get the joke, and maybe other listeners wouldn't get the joke. So I'm here Danny, for them. Danny, save me here, Danny. Save I'm, me, I'm the savior <laughs> of the podcast listeners. Oh man, I I don't just enjoy. <laughs> I'm just sitting here with my virtual popcorn and just enjoy listening to you guys. <laughs> Brilliant. Okay, right, so that's Gran Turismo 7. Let's move on to the next topic. So, we've just had round three of the Formula 1 2022-23 season. Um, actually, no, just 2022. I sometimes forget it's not like football where it goes across uh, the two years. But um, anyway... Round three has just occurred, and uh, once again, Charles Leclerc uh, leading the way and finishes P1 for Ferrari. That's two races out of three now that he's gone and won. Um, Max Verstappen winning the other race, uh, round two, and then uh, also getting two DNFs. Um, Ferrari looking pretty strong. Um, Melbourne's had some changes to the track, um, but... One of the things that came up at Melbourne was originally there were going to be four DRS zones. Um, and then after a bit of criticism, they changed it down to three. Watching the race, um, sorry, prior to the race, Damien at Race Department posted the question to, you know, should DRS be removed from Formula One? And uh, what was quite interesting is that, um, that uh, during the race, I was thinking about that question. 
And originally, I'll be honest, my answer would have been, would have been, let's remove it. But after watching that race, I'm like, no, it's got to stay. It has to stay. Davide, what are your thoughts about DRS in Formula One? Well, uh, um, I'm not sure because on on one hand, uh, it does give some excitement to the race, uh, as you were implying. But on the other hand, uh, it still remains an artificial mean of making excitement, uh, of, of creating excitement. And uh, also, it needs to be um, uh, better uh, in a bit, um, you know, um, there has, there have to be. Oh, sorry, uh, I'm, I'm mumbling. Sorry, my Dav- David Day's had a malfunction. Everybody, he's just got to be Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. Four or four. So um, it has to be better sanctioned uh, because situation like in uh, Jeddah, where you know Leclerc was trying to get uh, to be overtaken from Verstappen in order to use DRS in the next yeah. zone. Yeah. Those are silly situations. You I can't, mean, it's, but I don't. But I don't honestly think you can get away from that, though, can you? Really? I mean, because there's always going to be where, wherever you put the DRS. There's sometimes you know drivers are looking for the advantage, right? I think we have to remember that they are racing drivers at the end of the day. You're you will always look for the upper hand over your competitor, whether that be being behind another car at the DRS, you know, where the DRS activation point is, or whether. You, you know, as a team, you build a modification or make a change to the engine, whatever that, whatever that looks like, right? And I think we have to, whilst I, whilst it doesn't look great and it's not a great spectacle for the viewer, I get it. But at the same time, that you're looking, if you were in that position, you'd probably do exactly the same thing. I think that uh, if you um, make it so that the cars. Um, do not go flat out in every corner because they can't, uh, first from a downforce point of view and second because the, the corners themself, uh, themselves uh, do not lend uh, to it. And uh, uh, you make it so, as it happens this year, that uh, you have clean air behind the car, you don't have to have DRS or any other system like Hold on, hold on. Like there is, they haven't got rid of all the dirty air. Of, uh, well, of course, because, you know... Uh, they reduced a, it by 30%. Yeah, I know, because, of course, these cars being aerodependent as they are, you cannot, uh, you know, clean completely the air behind them. Mm. They, they have tried, you know, uh, their best to uh, make it cleaner, at least. And we could we can see it from you know i think that uh, we can all agree that uh, they are racing closer uh, this year definitely to, definitely yeah. yes so the other step is to make it so that these cars do not stick like uh, glue on paper in the corners because the other thing i've noticed i don't know if you noticed it too is that um, the trucks uh, seems uh, seem to be faster than than in the past i mean the new trucks that uh, they are building if you notice they do not have a lot of chicanes uh, chicane sorry the corners also tend to be very fast or um uh, yeah you know and they're flowing aren't they they flow they're flowing exactly yeah. also also the the renovations on melbourne uh they made the truck more uh, flowy so yes. to speak so yeah it, it seems uh, um, it's kind of a uh, paradox, 
paradoxical situation. Is, is that a word, paradox? <laughs> I, know, I know what you're trying to say. So, yeah, I can't think of the words, but I know what you're trying to say. Because, um, go on. No, sorry, just this. Because the tracks uh, um, uh, record the ones of the early times of F1 in the 50s and early 60s, where cars were not meant, uh, you know, to corner well. They were more, more meant to express their power on the streets. Mm-hmm. But nowadays, the cars are, uh, you know, perfectly fine on the corners. They, they are kind of built to <laughs> make corners rather than go on the streets. So I don't understand what's the point behind making, you know, the, tra- the trucks themselves with uh, kind of more high speed flow, high speed flow compared to what they... I think should do, which are more, you know, slow speed flow, uh, try to uh, make the cars more able to uh, overtake themselves, uh, uh, overtake each other in the corners rather than than on the straights. So Danny, he raises a good point, actually. I think the track track designs of late have been quite flowy. I mean, we still go to some of the older tracks. I mean, Imola's reappeared back on the on the calendar, which you know, it's it's a bit of a it's a bit of a classic track. Um, you still got the likes of Silverstone, Monaco, questionably actually, you know, as as a spectacle, it's not possibly the the greatest track. And even with DRS, you know, it's near on impossible to actually overtake another car round there. But then you've got the likes of Singapore, Jeddah, um, and so forth, which are reason, reasonably new to the calendar. Um, they are they are more flowing. What's your opinion on DRS? Uh, well, on the DRS, I'm fine. With, I I've resigned to the fact that it kind of needs to be used because, like you say, the cars are so glued and there's so little. Well, there's so much less uh, possibilities to overtake, especially at places like Monaco and so on, that you have to somehow enhance the racing with something else. Mm-hmm. And I think the problem is that um, the regulation package itself, even though they've tried to change it radically for this year, from this year onwards, the cars are. They just have a way too long wheelbase regulation. They're just too long, so their turning radius um, is not small enough. So, for example, like you say, Imola comes back to the to the championship, but you remember like like what happened last year with uh, Verstappen and uh, Hamilton. Mm-hmm. Two cars cannot cannot easily go side by side in tight corners because they just don't turn enough. Yeah, and the same with the Monza chicane. It's just not possible because the cars are their wheelbase is so long. That they're they're like trucks turning. They're it's not like a, a nimble car anymore. And in the past, like David was saying, uh, cars were focused on the on the high speed. But then when they started to evolve in the 60s, 70s, and 80s, then you had cars that were had short wheelbases and they were turning a lot. And they were of course four wheel sliding because of the tires at the time were not uh, as they are today. But the cars were more nimble and more compact, which allowed them to go side by side much more easily. And um, and you see now that the the good racing or the the more dynamic racing nowadays is on the newest tracks, not the city ones, but the more modern tracks that have been built that are really, really wide. Like you, you see a car like, like you could almost put the whole grid side by side along the big streets because the tracks are so wide. Those allow for some good racing because then the tracks are wider, their radiuses of the turns yeah, like kind of match the cars more. But in the old yeah. school ones like Monaco, they, no chance. It's just, it's just like a train Yeah, like a train I just, procession. I, I, honestly, I mean, I, I get the you know, Monaco appeals to the wealthy, and I, and I get that. But you know, and I know it's been on the calendar for many, many years. But the cars I think, it's time, I think it's time to yeah. scrap it. 
<laughs> no, I think it's time to make let the cars be more diverse than what they are now because the cars have evolved into shapes that don't really match the circuits and I think the cars should match the circuits and not the other way around because we cannot because if we let cars develop themselves to the like infinite we also need to all go drive in the I mean Formula 1 has to go to the Nardo experience track like the that circle that's like I don't know what uh, 20 kilometers long just because uh just to obtain the high speeds because, uh, yeah, for cornering, for tight cornering like Monaco and so on, the cars need to be nimble for that. And uh, the way the development is going, it's not really allowing for that to happen. I mean, they can still do it, yeah, but it's not like before where cars could go side by side into tight corners. And that's, for me, that's the most appealing part of racing when they fight through tight corners, mm. see who gets out ahead. But nowadays it's just, if you try, you, you lose a bit of your wing and that's your race done. And yeah, it's just... I think yeah. it's a major I mean, thing you know, for, 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 the, for the pinnacle of motorsport, it's, it's, um, questions are always going to be going to be asked of it because, because it is regarded as the, the pinnacle and the, and, the, and the top sport. Um, but going back to the, to the fundamentally the DRS, I mean, I was, I've never really been a fan and kind of to David Day's point that, it, you know, it, it is artificial, but without it, unfortunately, I don't think we, we would see the overtakes that, that we have we have seen and we we no. have seen some some great battles with Max and Charles this season and, and also last season with with Lewis and Max uh, as well and what was quite eye-opening for me is that McLaren were even with the DRS open on their rear wing we're, we're struggling to get past the other cars but when the Red Bull opens their rear wing it seems to shoot out like an absolute cannon and and I and I and I'm get and I don't know if that's down to maybe the difference in aero package that each car's running, or whether it's because the Red Bull power, you know, in the engine is just so much more efficient than than what's in the back of the Mercedes and the McLaren at the moment. And if you also look at Aston Martin, I mean, they're, they're Mercedes powered as well, and they've got no points. And can I just say, Alex Albon, you know, P10 at Melbourne after doing. Like something like 56, 57 laps on those hard tires. I mean, that's the other thing that's come into play. We look at poor Carlos at, 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 at the race. I mean, clearly struggling because they, they have to keep those. Because it's not just it's not just the cars that have changed. It's also the tire blanket temperatures that they're allowed to keep the tires at. And those hard tires are a real bugger to get some temperature into them. So I really felt sorry for him because he just fell back. And I, then I think he just tried to push too much. Um, and I think he needed a bit more patience for those tyres to come into him. And I think he would have been okay. I think he would have started making uh, progress. But let's move on to the next part of this F1 discussion. And, and that is, and it kind of actually kind of nicely falls into the point you just made, Daddy, about the wide tracks. Because you can't get much wider than the streets of Vegas. Well, uh, yeah, that's maybe Vegas, like you said, maybe Vegas is going to be the, the new Monaco, basically. The city yeah, track full, yeah. of, full of the big bling and the big money, because there's just more space, basically. Yeah, so, you, ever, you ever been to Vegas? Because I, I, I mean, I went a few years ago, the roads are extremely wide out there. Yeah, I haven't been, but I'm, I know yet. Yeah, from what I've seen, it's just yeah, pure American style, big, big wide lanes. So it kind of matches more. Well, the the cars are better suited for those kind of wide roads than the European ones, European tight mount like river and sea coast ones. So maybe 
We'll see. But nah, three races now but... in, in America. So that'll be um, obviously uh, Texas, Miami, Miami, and Vegas. Well, I mean, they're really hitting the American market. And uh, money dots, you know. It's at yeah. the end of the way. At the end of the day, it's uh, the USA is a big business, and yes. uh, of course, IndyCar grows. But they, yeah, and of course, you know the Formula One management that uh, it has. It has its American I mean, they're, they're vein. America, I mean, it's American yes. owned now as well, isn't so it? They so wanna, Liberty Media. It, it makes makes sense that they want to. Or Liberty Global, uh, sorry, Media Liberty Global. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, it'd be rumoured for some time as well, hadn't it? And and you know, and it and it pulls in the money. And they've they've been trying to get this this race going for a long time, Danny. And they've got all the big casinos giving it the thumbs up as well. Yeah, but it'll it's... be interesting to see how they go about implementing it, and you know, if it causes disruption. And what's interesting is only a three year deal. I don't know if it's more of a like. Well, to me, three years seems like an okay deal. I mean, okay, it's when you compare it to tracks that have had it for twenty years and so on. Yeah, it's it's not the yeah, same. Yeah, but, but I mean, like some deals are signed for ten these days. Yes. So but maybe they want some rotation because I mean, there's already three races in the same country. Yeah, like, maybe. Uh, so maybe they just want some rotation. Who knows? I don't. Know. Maybe, maybe. Um, David A. And as well as that, the rumor that Audi and Porsche again maybe on their way to to Formula One. What are your thoughts? Well, it will be interesting because they are uh, two great, 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 great competitors and, uh, you know, uh, manufacturers in Part of the uh, same general. group, though, aren't they, Audi and Porsche? So, uh, does it make sense for both of them? No, no, they aren't in the same group because Porsche is in the same group as Volkswagen and uh, Audi yeah. is in a different group, I think. No, no. no. Uh, they're I, in the I, same I, group. I, yeah, they're part oh, of that. No, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm confusing with uh, with BMW. Sorry, yeah. You're so, welcome. Yeah, yes. Audi and Porsche. Showing, are in showing the your same. lack of knowledge there, David A. As, as ever. Um, <laughs> but you know, mate, it's caught, surely it can't be both of them. It's got to be one of them, right? Why why not go under the Volkswagen brand because you're then encompassing Audi, Porsche, Lamborghini. Say it. Mm. There, there has to be some, you know, some marketing strategy behind it that uh, we're not seeing right now. I mean, even when they competed in uh, the WEC, yeah, exactly, series, yeah, they, you know, they were in together. Of course, when Porsche came in, came in uh, uh, the Audi program kind of uh, fell behind in a way, but they still, uh, you know, compete together. So. It could be, you know, I, I mean, one thing that I do appreciate about um, uh, the Volkswagen Group is that they try to diversify their product. Uh, so they have different brands and each and every one of them express a different idea about, you know, being um, uh, an automotive driver or, you know, about owning a car. Uh, because an Audi is very different than a Porsche that is very different from a Volkswagen that is very different from a Seat and so on. And this is something that, you know, other big groups do not do. They tend to machine their cars, uh, stack them up uh, from, from different manufacturers that they own. So if they are doing this, if they are entering in this together, I'm sure that they have a specific uh, marketing plan uh, that uh, in some way is going to boost uh, both companies' uh, 
sales and revenues in some way. We're we're gonna see it. Just can I add some uh, a, a little um, a small thing? Um, there have been uh, uh, there has been a Vegas uh, Grand Prix in F1 in uh, I believe yeah, in it was in a car park. park. Yeah, yeah, the Caesar Palace park, yeah. and it didn't work very well. So that may be no, because it was in a, it was in a car park. Yeah, <laughs> that may be the reason why they did uh, the for only three years. I mean, it, I mean, you know, I mean how big was the car park? I mean, it could have been a very big car. I mean. Uh, I mean, I mean, there is there is people saying that the Tilka's trucks are nothing more than <laughs> car parts. So, yeah, you know, you you could say in a way that nothing much uh, has changed in uh, in F1 the way uh, you know trucks have, uh, are being designed. <laughs> Sorry, are being designed. Yeah, I mean, it wasn't much of a it wasn't much of a circuit by all by all accounts. So um, no, it wasn't at all. It was approximately just under three miles long. Yeah, but I um, I encourage our, our listeners to go and uh, Google the layout of the truck just to have a good laugh of how terrible it was. Yeah, the middle bits just repeat, rinse and repeat, isn't it? Right. <laughs> Yeah, so I mean that'll be the interesting thing is is what the layout of this one is like. But uh, as Danny quite rightly pointed out, these these cars are now very very big. They're heavy as well, and I think the Mercedes in particular is one of the heaviest on the on the grid at the moment, which explains what where they are. I think. But um, now we're heading towards Europe. We'll start to see some upgrades on these cars, and and hopefully. Some of these teams will get to grips, and I, and I think what was quite interesting: both Mercedes and McLaren both performed better at Melbourne, and I think that's going to be race specific or track specific, even, um, which we which we've seen before. Um, but um, I think for the moment, uh, Ferrari are, are leading the way, closely followed by Red Bull. But Red Bull have got some issues uh, with reliability, and already Max up is forty six points behind. Uh, Charles Leclerc, which is just a phenomenal gap already, and that's bigger than in any gap that that happened last year. So sadly, I I, I don't know if we're going to get much of a championship battle, which would which would be a shame if we don't. But um, there's still many many races to go uh, this season, so it's not all over until the fat lady sings, as they say. Right, okay, so that's F1. Let's move on to the next topic. So, um, announced uh, approximately a week ago, maybe, uh, just a few days ago. But uh, by the time you listen to this, it'll be approximately a week. And um, so, Red Sport revealed a new sim to start close beta uh, the summer of 2022. So, the headlines are, Munich-based competition company has been working quietly on the upcoming sim since 2020 and now has made its efforts public. According to the Red Sport website, entirely different approach is meant to lead this sim to success. Starting from scratch, technological advancements and modern software architecture enables them to take part in the next step in virtual racing experience. And it talks about eSports, it talks about mod support, uh, BMW and Porsche also get uh, a mention here, and of course, uh, close beta. Uh, David Day, what are your initial thoughts on this? 
It's an interesting product uh, because you know we at the moment we don't have a very clearly idea about. Well, we don't even have a product yet, do we? Really, technically, yet? Yeah, we we don't know. We have an idea, right? Really? Yeah, don't we? Yeah, yeah, we don't know exactly what this is. You know, Uh, it seems to be an interesting product, but as you were saying, we don't even know exactly what this product is and uh, in, in which form or shape will uh, will it come so but you know we uh, i think that uh, it's safe to say that uh, we welcome it with open arms because it's uh, it seems to be an uh, a new take on the sim racing genre compared to the other titles that we that we have and it's a new title which is not something you know to it's not something to to pass on easily because um in our uh, niche, I think that something like at least 80% of the titles that we have are uh, very old. <laughs> uh, or because uh, either because they've, they have been developed uh, years and years ago or because the tech behind it is, you know, decades old. So we don't have a lot of new sim racing titles, you know, brand new. So it's... Uh, it's quite a, the welcome news. So unlike some of the other titles that we've talked about on this podcast, Danny, this seems to be specifically aimed at hardcore sim racing. And that's how that this seems to differ. Unlike the, the likes of Gran Turismo and, and Forza Motorsport, et cetera, et cetera. And, and, and to a point, I think you could also probably throw in the likes of AMS2 in there a little bit. It's, it's not so much hardcore um, as the likes of ACC for me, but still a great game nevertheless. But um, this Red Sport is going to be using Unreal Engine 5. Yeah, that's uh, that's. I'm curious for that one, just because... Uh, and uh, of course, it depends, just like ACC also used Unreal 4, but I mean, it, it did what it could with the, what was available. I'm curious to see what if they're going to fully use all the new bells and whistles of the Unreal 5, like this uh, chaos uh, crashing and... Uh, like body simulations, but the the thing is that it can optimize a lot the performance of uh, of people's machines, which would be like graphics wise, it should be much uh, lighter uh, on the like the load on the graphics cards, which should mean that uh, it should be a good looking experience at least for for most people. Um, but actually, what I'm most curious about is this uh, um, this uh, mod support. And uh, what the way they approach it, I'm of course part of me is always a tiny bit skeptical, but I'm just I'm just mostly curious because they say uh, your assets will be owned by you and you can trade them through the marketplace of your choice. So I don't know if they mean that do they give us tools to actually create 3D models of cars, and I don't really understand what they mean uh, with this uh, because. Yeah, I'm just curious to see because it's a toolkits for the modding community. Like our goal is to give our community the tools to enhance transport with great user-generated content, and let their creativity run wild. So I don't know what kind of tools they're going to make available for. It's people. very open, isn't it? It's, it's you know, and that's probably the idea behind that statement, right? Is to not give too much away. I'd imagine. Yeah, yeah, it's it's still very much because they uh, probably don't even know. Let's be honest. <laughs> yeah, maybe it's very. Yeah, we, to not get back into the motorsport games vibe, it's uh, it's still quite it's flashy, but it's still it's flashy but not flashy. If you get what I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, not yet, at least. So, yeah, again, we'll have to be patient and see. But at least it's, it's nice and refreshing to have a new announcement like this, that's for sure. So, who is, who is Red Sport? Um, according to their website, Red Sport was founded by motorsports and game development enthusiasts with the ambition to code the most realistic racing simulation possible. Our team consists of and is advised by professional drivers, racing strategists, programmers, and esports experts, among others. Um, they also said, you know, closed beta will start summer 2022. Obviously, will that be towards the beginning or the end of that summer? Who knows? Uh, to aim to launch an open beta in spring 2023 but there's also talk that it's going to be pc based it's um there's also going to be an app that gets you into the Rensport ecosystem whatever that looks like uh, part of me wonders whether david david Day, this is going to be online only meaning uh like in gt7 that you cannot play offline or that there I mean, are pro- there might not be even an offline mode i think this you know it it, it talks a lot about esports and where do you do esports where you do it online yeah which is weird because um on one side they are pushing you know the esports side of uh, of this uh, of this new title uh, as you were saying so they are presenting it as um something different than for example i racing but uh, as a platform to you know um host uh, actual you know esports competition and you know create a sort of environment for uh, esports players and at the same time they are pushing you know the mod support which as we all know gets played ninety uh, percent of the time offline because yes there are servers and there are leagues uh, racing uh, uh content created by uh you know by by private users but uh most of the time when you buy uh, a mod car or a mod truck you are going going to race on it or race with it offline so that's one of those situations where this uh, title is kind uh, weird and uh you know as we were saying we cannot uh, exactly understand uh how it's going to be because there are you know sometimes opposing statements uh, <laughs> uh coming out from uh, uh from this uh, press release i would be interested to know who exactly is uh, behind this title i mean they say this company being founded in munich but we don't know the names of the people, which means that uh, we don't know the kind of bre- background they have, because like in the motorsport games uh, situations, um, I mean, this title could be made by people who, uh, were sim, uh, who are sim racers or uh, um, have been working in the sim racing industry. And so you can, you know, make some assumptions or at the same time, it could be since they are saying in their press release that it's been worked on since 2020, which is the year of the pandemic. So when sim racing got big, so it could be something, you know, of, uh, you know, uh, how do you say it in English? The, a winner wagon, <laughs> which people try to get on. So it could be a yeah, studio hitch, made. Hitch your wagon. Yeah, uh, it could be you know a studio made from people that you know saw an opportunity and thought we can take it, but uh, do not know much about sim racing. 
So it would be interesting to know, you know, if Rensport people is listening, show yourself. <laughs> Let us know more about you, who you are, what you have done in the past, what you do, so we can get a more clear idea about uh, about your product and about you as a company. I think. I mean, I don't know if I'm wrong, wrong about this, Paul, but. No, no, aren't, you, aren't you curious to know who are yeah, these people? Yeah, yeah. yeah, me too, yeah. actually. Me too, I think, yeah. I think it, it helps to put faces, you know, names and faces to to a product, right? That's how that's one of the things you build trust and it's it, it's a bit of a, an, an unknown. I mean, Danny, you touched on the, the modding capabilities. What I find quite fascinating is that um, they say here that you invest your time, spend money on your hobby and watch yours in the end everything with Rensport you can build your own legacy with individual cars custom tracks and much more your assets will be owned by you you can trade them through the marketplace of your choice they're trying to create something a, a bit different here and I, I guess a little bit in some ways of what Gran Turismo and Forza Motorsport do where people can make content and, and in most cases that's like a livery or a skin as some people like to call them, for your cars, and then you, people sell those uh, for credits. And maybe that's something they're trying to bring to the PC side of things. But again, it, 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 it does to me, seems like this might be a f more focused online rather than, a, rather than having a single player functionality to it. Yeah, I mean, the, the amount of focus they put on uh, eSports in their presentation kind of alludes to this. I think it's not going to be... Uh like an AC2 where you can just create your own mods and then drive uh, by yourself. I think this is, I mean, the, on, the, the always online functionality or not, this might just be a thing of the, of the near future and that's it. But it seems like they're focusing on the online gameplay. Basically people not only yeah, racing together, but also trading yeah, their content or whatever they create, tracks and so on. Whatever much more means, I don't know, can you create uh, trackside objects? Uh, I don't know, uh, but uh, it seems like, yeah, for me, it's a lot of, almost like a lot of what people want to hear, but at the same time, yeah, we, we just, we don't have a product to see yet, so it's it's hard to judge just by reading some text what it actually is going to be, so I'm just curious to see what the... There, there, is, a, there is a trailer, but I haven't watched it yet, so I don't know if it's just a, a promotional trailer. trailer or... It was just, the one I've watched at least was just a... Like a BMW M4 in like a right. a showroom in a garage, just being filmed from different sides. It was not on a track or anything. Yeah, it's it's more of a teaser trailer than, uh, yeah, than an actual typical. Trailer. Typical. But, uh, can I can I chime in briefly? I think that no, uh, 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 no, I'm gonna talk anyway oh. <laughs> uh, about the mod support. I think that. Uh, if I'm not mistaken, at least this is my opinion. No, you probably um, are mistaken, but go on. I, I think that uh, they have seen what uh, happened in uh, Assetto Course in the original ACE, and they're trying to make this platform uh, interesting, you know, for modders. Because in ACE, um, in a different way than uh, in the past, uh, we have, we've had professional studios you know, being formed and working uh, on on content, led people like uh, RSS, BRC, and there are many others. So it seems like they are trying to do what AC didn't manage to do, which is making a workshop. Uh, the original AC was planned to be to have one, but they never implemented it. So it seems like they are trying to 
make it something like uh, an AC platform, but even better with an actual workshop in which these studios or uh, people can, uh, you know, sell their products uh, in a more easy way compared to what happens in AC or uh, how can I say, in a more, you know, in a way that is more um, accessible. Accessible, yes, uh, because integrated in the in the simulation itself. Uh, at least this is what I perceive uh, as a, you know as a as a reader as a uh, as public from from their uh, from their press release. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we don't really know much about following this announcement. So a, um, again, quick... like anything, time will tell, won't it, Danny? Yeah, and uh, I just yeah, we'll have to be patient as always. But there's uh, I don't know if you remember. I've just I'm just reading a bit more on their website, and one of the points that they have on uh, is on one of their uh, topics is for racers from racers. It's our obsession to create the perfect racing game with you. Uh, doesn't this remind you of something? Maybe you were not around. Uh, in, you're not in the game then, or maybe you would have been by now. Maybe David might remember. I'm sure some listeners will will get what I mean with this. No? I remember. I remember something about something like from racers for the races, but I don't know why I'm thinking about slightly med studios. But I'm not yes, sure. Yes, yes, you're <laughs> right. <laughs> no, Project on cars. It, Project cars on one. That's how it was. Like the the yeah the, the world the same, was oh, the same situation. and the, this like the community was the one giving oh, input to what they yeah. wanted out of the game. His, and I wonder if what's his face is behind this. Ian Bell. Ian Bell. Well, we'll see. We'll find out soon enough, yeah, I guess. I don't know, well, but the philosophy is, seems similar when I now the more I read about it. I the community having the input for the game, or I don't know what's happening, who is involved in the closed beta, but we'll find out. But I, yeah, I'm just I, keeping all options open. I hope that it doesn't have instead uh, GTR free vibes, <laughs> which is the, another yeah, that's situation. crossed my mind as well. Yeah, who knows. We'll see. We'll uh, sit patiently and, and see what how it develops. That it, that's an that's an interesting theory, isn't it? Yeah, just a theory. But anyway, the whoever has access to this closed beta, I don't know if, if any of the YouTubers or all these things will at least at some point be given some kind of access so that they can at least comment a bit on it. Or I don't know how it's going to develop, but yeah, I'm curious. Basically, yeah, that, yeah I'm curious to see that this is, summer there'll be some that, news. That is that is curious. See, yeah, I wonder. Dun, dun, dun. I wonder. The plot. You've thickens. got me. You've got me thinking. We'll find out. Eventually. Oh, do you know? Do you know what he is? Isn't he? What did you find out? Because he, 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 he tweeted something not long ago. Imagine RF two physics tweaked in an Unreal Five world. I do. Dreams can come true. Imagine. Yeah, I just read. I just read the tweet. He did. Oh I remember him tweeting something. Oh, oh my god. Oh my god. We have just uncovered. <laughs> <laughs> but wait, our factor yeah, two physics. The thirty-first but... of March. Imagine our factor two physics. Maybe that was slightly before first of April. No, April's fools. No? Yeah, because he he did. Um, uh, how do you say it in English? Basically, he's no longer in slightly mad studios. Uh, no, that's so, right. Yeah. 
So he might have founded a new studio, but I wonder why in Munich, why in Germany? I have, I have my slight feeling, I, maybe this is completely new, but I wonder if any of the people involved in Race Room or something like this are involved somehow, or some people that used to work there, or I don't know if there's any connection, or if it's one of the Simbin's older studios that reformed into a new one, I, I don't know. But at the end of the way, the day it's, sim racing is so small that the same people just go around and replay, because just like uh, the first GTR games, some of the people went on to slightly mad studios and so on, so... I wouldn't be surprised if some of the people that have worked in previous studios are now working for this Rensport uh, game. But yeah, we'll see, we'll see. There is a tweet in response to the one of uh, Ian Bell from, uh, from another user that uh, says the physics in uh, NI21, which I don't know NASCAR which that is. Oh uh, uh, yeah. Well, I don't know how to take this comment because he's saying NASCAR Ignition, the upcoming BTCC game, UE seems incredibly difficult to master. The physics in uh, NI21 is incredible, to which Ian Bell replied, that's why I, I only employ the very best. Incredibly difficult gives them a word that I cannot uh, say on, <laughs> on the podcast. So he is employing people. So yeah, he has a company involved in sim racing, a new one. I don't understand at this point if it's this if it is involved with this rent sport game or if it is involved with the motorsport games. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the plot thickens. Well, no, well, no, I think I think you mis so. I think you misunderstood that tweet. Yeah, probably, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so. Um, He's basically what what Hayden James is basically saying to him is that UEE, you know, for racing games is hard to master. If you look at NASCAR Ignition and potentially the upcoming British touring car games, um, but and I think he's being sarcastic when he says the physics in um, in uh, NASCAR Ignition 21 is incredible. I think there's a there's a hint of sarcasm on that tweet. So, uh, yeah, yeah. In fact, yeah. I, I said I don't know how to take it because the physics yeah. in NASCAR game, in the NASCAR ignition game, aren't uh, aren't great. Anyway, I, th I think I think we can confidently say that potentially, <laughs> or maybe not. Yeah, Bell, but I have something to do with this. Well, there's some. I remember seeing it, when like we were talking happy, about UEFA. I, I just remember seeing a tweet, and then when you said it, Danny, I was just like, when you when you talked about the tagline there, I was like. Oh, for yeah. racers. From and that's racers. why I went looking at his Twitter account and saw the tweet. I went, oh yeah, I remember that now. Anyway, we might be wrong. We might be wrong, but who knows? Right, okay. Just conscious of the time. It's like a and, uh, we've been, soap opera. <laughs> we've been whittling on as per per norm. And uh, we've got a... So that's um, Red Sport, new eSports, sim racing, whatever it's going to be thing. Um, let's move on to a few worthy mentions. AMS2 has continued to be developed and they've recently released version 1.3.5.0. Say that after a few beers. And they brought some new content to the game. And recently, as we know, the F1 2022 season has begun and uh, some different cars, longer, heavier, wider, bigger tires, different aero package on them. And you can now drive those cars in F1 2022. 
Oh, sorry, in AMS 2, even. I think I need to go to bed. <laughs> uh, um, I, I've got AMS 2. I took this thing out for spin, and I've got to say, wow, wow, wow. It's good. Do you use DRS? Yes, and I've added the beep now for the DRS because there was the Ultimate... For, for, they called it the Formula 1 Ultimate. This is the Formula Ultimate Gen 2 and the Gen mm. 1, but there was no beep before, and... Um, and, and now you can do ERS management as well. And it genuinely, it is, it is good fun. It's intense driving it. It's because it's when you've been driving a lot of GT3 cars like I have. And, um, and it does remind me um, of F1 2021 as well. So I loaded up, uh, AM, I loaded up AMS2, uh, got it, went to Imola and uh, did a few laps. And it, yeah, it's intense. It, um, Needs lots of focus, um, and it's it's good fun. So uh, I highly recommend it. I think whilst the the sounds are okay, I, I think there's still some some improvement there. But um, but yeah, and it's not just that they've, they've they've obviously fixed a few other things. But that's the main thing that most people are focusing on. They've they've added the the stock pro car series 2022 season. Uh, they fixed. Uh, some bits on the um, USA Gen 1 car filter. They've uh, done some physics to, uh, bits and pieces as well. Some some bits uh, around tracks have been fixed, some bugs here and there. I mean, yeah, I'm not going to go through every single item because you can read it. Uh, but they also, Renato recently came out and, you know, did a blog about the delays and, you know, trying to get some understanding from the AMS2 community. You know that things aren't going to be as frequent, but they're still they're still making some good good moves. And some of the comments I've read about the F1 2022 car have been positive as well. So I'm not the only one that that, that enjoys it. So it's good to see, good to see some more content, Davide, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Sorry, I was um, watching. Not, uh, the, not, the no, I'm glad you paid. Glad you paid attention. Back in the room, what I'd done. No, day. no, no. Yeah. I was I was listening to everything you say. You were yeah. saying while watching pictures of the <laughs> of the cars from uh, of the new F1 car from uh, from Reza. But, uh, yeah, it's, um, it's interesting good. to have also because um, the the last iteration of the F1 cars uh, from Reza was you know the. More or less the ones uh, we uh, we've had in uh, in the actual F1 up until last year, but they were uh, along old um, uh, in the tooth. Is that the right way you say in English? Yeah, <laughs> they, yeah, yeah. They I know were, what you mean. Yeah, they were getting a bit old, so it is a, a refreshing refresh of the series, <laughs> and uh, one that goes well with all of the other open wheel cars that they are pushing out in this uh, last period. Yeah, it's uh, good to see more content and that will continue. There's more of uh, the USA content to come. And then, uh, Danny, the new trailer, the Art of Racing trailer for MotoGP 22. So the new MotoGP season has not long begun as, as, as like many other series. And um, once again, uh, we are going to get a, another MotoGP game. And it looks like they're taking a slightly different approach this year. It's, uh, it's That's the one that where they have the, some older bikes of the... Was it the 2008 season? Was it this Was it this one? No, these, this, the trailer is all about like having a, um, an academy of sorts and more tutorials. And there's a new MotoGP 
academy which has a new riding analysis system. So it's, oh, yeah, this, yeah, this has, yeah, they're um, trying to evolve it, uh, make it. I don't know, more trying to help maybe people more, more the game, yeah. I guess. Yeah, because if it's only if it's a purely like ACC kind of experience where only the hardcore people get how to do it, it's yeah, it will want to attract people. But yeah, this I guess it's gonna give a good dynamic, a good uh, like single yeah, enhance the single player experience, which is a bit like older games used to be. So maybe that's uh, well, might be welcome. We'll see. And maybe it's finally when I'll be able to finally try to get a, a bike game. I haven't done it in years, so we'll see. Maybe maybe I'll eventually try this. <laughs> yeah, I'll I'll be honest. It'll be one that I won't be personally. It doesn't it doesn't appeal to me personally. And and I'll, I'll be honest. The, the games I do buy, I, I don't really get a chance to to play them much. Uh, and then another men- worthy mention is the fact that Alpine Esports is pleased to announce the return of the Alpine Esports series on a set of Corsa Competizione. It's going to be in its second year. The championship will be once again be run by sim racing partner Race Clutch and is powered by Binance, uh, the world's leading blockchain ecosystem and cryptocurrency infrastructure provider. Uh, the championship is powered by the Binance fan token platform with 100,000 US dollars in Alpine fan tokens up for grabs across the competition. Other giveaways include a driving experience in the Alpine GT4, a TRX simulator rig from Track Racer, and a BenQ Mobius curved monitor. It will be split across two phases the qualifiers and the Alpine Esports Series. Championship qualifiers will run from April 4th to the 17th, where the top 30 fastest drivers will qualify for the Alpine Esports Series. And drivers can sign up by visiting the website. And if you're listening to the podcast at this point, I will put that link to the race department article in now. And uh, you can click to that page, and there you can find the sign up. I'm not sure about this Alpine fan tokens, Malarkey, um, if I'm being honest. Yeah, well. What could we, yeah, I don't know. Whatever we can win with that, or maybe, I don't know, Alpine fan tokens. Sounds a bit like NFT slash cryptocurrency to me. But yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I only understand cryptocurrency to a point. I don't I don't really understand M- N- NFTs, but they're all, they're all the hype at the moment. Um, well, I know <laughs> we're worldwide, just a good mention that it's the competition is anyway open to Europe and UK only, I think. Oh, which is a bit of a shame, but which is annoying because it, they're paying it in US dollars. <laughs> Even more complex than yeah. Well, we'll see. The fast. Well, anyway, it's a hot lap qualifying. So uh, also I've taken qu- part in the, in the hot lap uh, on the, on ACC. Have I'm, you done it? You take yeah, part. Yeah, I'm something like um, the. 300 or 400 blue spot <laughs> but yeah i took part i i had to go back to it to improve a bit the lap time but it's fun it's basically the alpine gt4 on misano um yeah pretty good okay. and a pretty ideal yeah the uh, alpine a 110 isn't it or yeah you know, or the uh, yeah the, gt4 the new one that yeah. they that they made yeah it's a cool car and also very good on uh, the sound department when you, especially when you hear it in uh, replays. Very nice. Nice. Uh, the Alpine Esports Series Championship roster. So round one will be taking place on the 28th of April. That's races one and two. And then the second round uh, will be taking place on the 12th of May. That's races three and four. And round three on the 23rd of June. There's quite a gap between the rounds and that will be races five and 
and six. The qualification to be able to join the qualifiers, you will obviously need a copy of a set of Corsa Competizione and the GT4 pack as well. The fastest time trial participant will also instantly win $1,500 worth of Alpine fan <laughs> tokens. I don't, hopefully, you can spend those somewhere. You obviously can't spend them down Tesco's, but, um, but yeah. Anyway, right. And then finally, a worthy mention, Chris Swan, one of our staff, recently wrote an article at Race Department. And again, if you look at your podcast app of choice, there'll be a link to the article now uh, where him and one of the other users, MB2000 at Race Department, uh, booked themselves on an experience day, uh, the Ginetta's Track Day company Want to Race. And they had three times 20 minute sessions driving the Ginetta G40 around their Blyton Park test track. Danny, we recently spoke about your real life um, Experience. You must have found this uh, article quite fascinating. Yeah, I was. Uh, I gave it a read, and it was. And I watched the the lap. The, they have like the onboard video of their fastest lap. So they it do. Was cool yes. To, it was cool to see, like, compare a little bit the. Yeah, but not so much the lap itself, but more their. Um, yeah, their emotions and their perception of how a, tra- a car on track actually compares to uh, sim racing in terms of what's lacking in the games, but also what the games uh, can yeah provide in terms of preparation. And like I've seen across many people posting, the biggest one is track knowledge because uh, nowadays the sims are very detailed in terms of tracks. So track knowledge is mainly the biggest thing because there's many nuances in like the braking, the tires, the brake pads that the games don't that you can really not feel through a set of pedals because there's no feedback in the pedals really apart from some that vibrate. So yeah, it was it was interesting to read. I liked it and I yeah, it was it was interesting about the braking where um, Chris said he was trying to do heel and toe but he wasn't able to put doing that wasn't able to apply enough pressure um, mm. on on the brakes. So he had to revert to basically, you know, to, to yeah. stop doing that. Um, yeah, I felt the same, actually. It, you think, yeah. oh, I've, I've learned this technique, I'm going to apply it. But then you realize you're braking much earlier than everybody else just to be able to do the heel and toe. So it's, yeah, yeah. the game, time gain is, uh, yeah, uh, in this game is, in, in that case, yeah, becomes, uh, yeah. Yeah, I found that, but, yeah. found that particularly, particularly it's interesting. It's a good experience, it's a good experience, yeah. yeah. Indeed, indeed. Right, so that's every bit of our uh, podcast uh, this week. That's another one done, guys. I mean, we can we can go to bed now. Yes, less than two hours. Let's close it in less than ten minutes, so it's less than two hours. That will manage. <laughs> yeah, sorry, everybody. It's David Day. He just goes on and on and on, doesn't he? Don't stop. Can't stop him. Please, listeners, uh, leave us a comment saying uh, I like. I enjoy hearing David and his opinions in the discussion. <laughs> so, so that no one can, ever so other than David the TV himself. No, um, a lot of people say to me in private comments, messages, comments, uh-huh. and uh, you know, of they do. Yeah, <laughs> of course they, of course they do. Uh, don't forget to check out uh, GP for all your community needs. Uh, don't forget we're race department. We also have our racing club. You have to be a premium member to take part in those. And the guys have really been put a lot of effort in in, in making sure there are um, some some good kind of rookie events to take part in. I took part in an event in AMS two on uh, Friday with about 15, 20 other drivers. That was good. That was good fun. Unfortunately, I can't do this Friday, but I'll be back at some point. Uh, to do another one. Don't forget, you can check out our latest YouTube videos. Uh, Paul Jeffrey uploaded a video, a review. I couldn't believe it. He's still alive. So um, go and check that out. And uh, as ever, we, we have content on our Twitch channel uh, as well. And don't forget, you can, as always, you can find us on you can find us on Twitch, you can find us on Facebook, you can find us on Instagram, you can find us on Facebook. 
And if you're lucky, I might even reply to one of your messages. So just search for race department. And we also have our Discord server, which we recently reached the, the 50,000 users in as well. Uh, David Day, any closing remarks? Uh, Fantastic. Okay. Right. Danny, uh, any come on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's it. I'm fine. Yeah. You Goodbye. know what's that's gonna good. happen next then, Paul. You're I'll gonna just cut have it out. You do it and I'll cut it out. You're... I will cut it out. Uh. Yeah. Yeah. You uh, but no, in all seriousness, David, you any final any, any, any final words? Danny, any final words? Uh keep the peace, keep on sim racing, and see you next time. David Day, any final words? Thank you for having me. It was a, a fun episode. And uh, this won't spare you from me saying Forza Ferrari where the podcast ends. So <laughs> <laughs> it's going to happen anyway. Uh, keep your ears peeled and eyes, of course, for the next episode. We've got a special guest joining us for the next one. Um, it should be good, shouldn't it? We're not going to say who, though, are we? No. No. And then, we've, and then we've got another another one potentially I've lined up as well another special guest Ooh, um, somebody who takes part yet. in esports events as well so yeah that's, gonna that's be all like I'm going to say one thousand or a million anyway there are, there are a lot of them but yeah yes. it's somebody that I know so uh, I've reached out to them and they uh, they would like to do a podcast episode with us so great yeah so the more voices we get the better David Day we got any more modders coming soon yeah, and I was thinking uh, if you guys agree and uh, also if our listeners agree to um, uh, taking a, a model from uh, a different community than the Assetto Corsa one. Because on Race Department, we have also other modding communities for well, that's, that's, that's down to you. I don't, I don't care which game they mod for, mate. It's like, you know, a mod is a motto, right? Okay, okay. Then I... Uh, <laughs> It could, look, uh, I mean, it could it could be someone it could be someone that makes an app for a certain game. It could be you know it could be someone that makes content for SimHub. It could be could be anything really, or somebody that just makes liveries for a living. Yeah, it's it's just that you know there um, nowadays when you talk about modding, uh, the first title that comes to mind is a set of course, of course. That's and in your there, head though, not in mine. Why do we have to be so? Uh, well, Anyway, uh, thank, thank you, everybody, for listening to another episode. I'm blessed. Thank you. Well, shush. It's just so easy. Uh, right. Thank you, dear listener, for listening to another episode of the Race Department Podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it. We hope you've, you've enjoyed uh, the, uh, the ongoing uh, banter, I guess, between us three. Um, by all means, don't forget to leave us a review uh, on your podcast provider of choice. I've been Paul Glover. This has been the Race Department Podcast. Oh, thanks to David Day and Daddy for turning up as well. That's always nice. But uh, but yeah, thank you very much. And uh, cheerio.